2: 995 gold that's 833-995-GOLD, 833-995-G-O-L-D.
3: America, we are endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. By honoring your career calling, you impact your family your friends and your community
0: the pursuit to serve others is yours find your purpose at grand canyon
4: university private christian affordable visit gcu.edu
2: thank you for listening this is the best of with clay travis and buck sexton welcome in clay travis buck sexton show here is what i'm saying on the cheese dip thing you automatically if you are so for instance buffalo cheese dip I don't even, I'm just, these are generic terms, right? Everybody's got different names for all this stuff. I'm talking about straight cheese, right? Like, it's a queso dip. There's nothing else that you've added to it. It's cheese versus salsa. Now, there's many different varieties of salsa. There's like the mango salsa, and there's, the you know, different flavors. Your standard Uh, salsa.
3: Look at this. He's Michelin star chef Clay Travis all of a sudden. He's like, sometimes mango salsa, (laughs) sometimes salsa verde. We all know it's the red tomato-based salsa. Red
2: salsa, standard salsa. I don't want to complicate this with everybody giving, like, all their secret spins on dips that add different things to it. There's cheese, and there's the tomato-based salsa. I'm just saying,
3: Amy's calling you out here, sir. Amy, one of our VIPs, writes, Sorry, Clay. I love when they start that way. Sorry, Clay. The fact that you call Chili Con Queso cheese dip tells me you haven't had the real stuff. Cheese dip is like that brick of fake cheese mixed with canned diced tomatoes with green chilies. Queso is a real cheese, velvety goodness, as addictive, as love, and worthy of drooling. Amy, from the top row. That's really
2: well written, by the way, for the eight minutes since we just had this conversation for Amy to help hop on. By the way, if you want to vote, I just put up a poll. Major Clay and Buck debate: You can only use one dip for your tortilla chips. Do you pick queso or salsa? I said so, there's Clay, only I... one correct answer. You know that I'm on the side of truth, justice, and the American way. And Buck is a communist, probably eating crab right now. And in between each, statement. we have some
3: emails about my crab thing too. So... <laughs> Whoa, that sounds bad. <laughs>
2: yeah,
3: <laughs> about my like of I crab I hope you told Gary about this stuff. To crab explain. dip uh clay dip. hold on yes. hold on a second though hold on a second because I-, I actually want to put you on the hot seat this is always this is my favorite game trying to put clay on the hot seat vip email from michelle clay i've never been to a tailgate that didn't have a charcuterie tray it is a meat and tree set cheese tre- it is a meat and cheese tray silly goose um but i want to know who is of all the sec tailgating schools out there oh yeah who is who is the fanciest which sec school is most likely to have charcuterie at their tailgate clay Ole Miss
2: Ole Miss is the fanciest tailgate scene. I'm fortunate. I've been to all of them because I love college football as my favorite, you know, leisure activity tailgating is in the South because the weather to be fair tends to be kind of perfect in September, October, November. It doesn't get super cold by and large. Um, Ole Miss, they bring in chandeliers. You need to go at some point take carry as well. Oxford's amazing. Great small town. People are super friendly. Uh, But the way they go all out for tailgating. And look, I'll be honest with you. All I really care about at a tailgate is do they have alcohol? So I'm not ever someone who gets there and they're like, oh, my God, I've got to eat. I've got to be concerned about all the delicacies. I just want beer and or liquor. I I just want to be clear
3: for all the SEC fans out there listening to Clay. You're telling me that if I need a martini shaken, not stirred at a tailgate, I'm going with Ole Miss.
2: Yes. I, I, I mean, I think even for rival programs like Mississippi State, LSU, Alabama, you know, regular yearly rivals that play against Ole Miss, I think they are all nodding along with that answer and saying, Yeah, it is the fanciest of the tailgates in the grove there, their old growth uh of oak forest, I think basically. Uh right there, it's phenomenal, it's fantastic, and it is super at time. Right, some so of the, Clay some of the and I, I mean uh, uh, Carrie and here. I
3: are coming with you to an old miss game next year. That's that's what's happening. And there will be crab dip a at my station, I'll have you know. <laughs> They probably will be. Can can we just, I I don't even remember who wrote it. What was it? Uh, One of our VIPs, Thomas. Oh, no, Doug. Sorry. Doug writes, Crab, Buck is sounding like a northeastern coastal elite. Well, you know, if the shoe fits.
2: You you had a lot of people nodding along with your queso take until you decided to go in on the you gotta have crab on top of your dip. I know, but my New England people, they're
3: with me for life now. And I'm on New Yorker You got the but New you York got and Maine, New England are the same. You got thing.
2: Maine on lockdown now with that answer. By the way, I'm I'm distressed. Over 2000 people have voted in the first 5 minutes of this poll. Queso is winning 57 to 43 on the you can only dip in one of the two. There is justice. There is justice in America. That's all I can tell you. Big Queso, I think, has flooded the poll. I'm not the kind of guy who says that elections are rigged or anything like that. I think Big Queso was listening. I think they've manipulated all the cheeseheads out there. They see their brand is under attack. I think they're flooding this. I don't want to, again, cast aspersions on the poll or voters. There's only one right choice, and the choice that's being made right now is 100% wrong. And I also think that no one in an SEC tailgate would refer to a cheese board as charcuterie. In in, in all defense of VIP Michelle, if I walked up to an SEC tailgate and I said, do you guys have any charcuterie around here? I think that, one, they would think probably if they knew me at all that that I was pranking them. Two, uh, they would presume that I was like a narc, like a fake fan fan. Uh, maybe an FBI agent pretending to uh to to infiltrate the uh, the tailgate scene to find out what exactly is going on. No SEC fan, I believe, would use the word charcuterie.
3: There we go. All I know is Ole Miss top of
2: my list now. You got a go. tailgate? You will love it. It is absolutely phenomenal. Uh, you know what else? Also, is absolutely phenomenal. Buck saving a bunch of money. Buck, you are recently married. I've been married for almost twenty years, so we are not in the dating market. But I am told that the dating market is a total mess and it's a free-for-all out there and it's hard to find good people if you are a guy or a girl. Social media has probably made it more challenging. I saw this story and I want to give a shout-out to Joe Kenzie, who does a lot of really great articles uh, at OutKick. Fun, uh, hard-working guy who finds really good stories. So i want to give you these details, Buck, and I want to see whether or not you can understand why her DMs are flooded. Madison Stimmel is from North Carolina. She just turned 26. And she decided to celebrate her birthday by eating dinner with her family at the Costco food court. This is what she wanted to do. I I love her already. They ordered five hot dogs, a chicken bake, a rotisserie chicken salad, a whole cheese pizza and drinks, her entire uh, birthday meal at the Costco food court, all that stuff that I just read you, Buck, it cost $30.88. And she posted about this on social media, and it took off completely. And everybody now is flooding into her DMs. They're trying to uh, date her. She said in an article at OutKick, my DMs have been flooded with guys asking me out. One man offered to fly me to Colorado to go on a date with him. Uh, she says that, uh, that there are so many guys. She posted a picture of her family. Uh, there were seven of them that went and ate at one of those long tables in the Costco food court. I love this girl. She wore a happy birthday tiara, uh, and she took her family all to go eat with her at the Costco food court.
3: I mean, this, this is the truth. I, I tell Clay this off air as well. Um, My my wonderful wife, Carrie, is she look, she's comes from a military family, uh, stretching back three generations, military family, and she is very salt of the earth and she loves a good deal. I mean, like she she comes with the biggest smile on her face when she's like, oh, honey, you know, I I got the pork ribs for tonight. 30% Thirty percent off. I mean, she wants high fives. She loves getting a good deal. And so I tell you this because for her, Costco is like Nirvana. She gets excited to go to Costco on yeah, the weekend. I'm with her. And she's like she's like, I'm taking the SUV. I'm taking the car. I'm going to Costco. And I'm like, honey, you go do you. And she has she's gone for three or four hours. She has a great time. She comes back, usually with lots of, you know, paper towel and like eight pounds of chocolate covered pretzels. And I'm like, this is great, you know, and she loves getting a good deal. So Costco, Costco is a pretty magical place for a lot of people. That's all I can tell you.
2: I, I love it. I mean, I, I don't shop anywhere. I, I've said before, I buy pretty much everything on Amazon. Uh, and the only place I go physically to shop bookstores, I like to go into bookstores. And by the way, Costco has a pretty good book section. A lot of times, very affordable compared to a lot of other places. Amazon Costco's the only physical place I shop. I could tell you, <laughs> I don't even know if Carrie knows this, before
3: I got married, in my apartment, in my home, I mean, actually she does know this because she's, she's commented on it before, everything, that every piece of furniture that I owned um, was bought from Amazon with one exception, which is, uh, or, or I got at a thrift store, like used, everything, either yeah. a neighborhood thrift store or on Amazon and this was apparently very much a bachelor pad, fine, but I was, I'm was i just like, oh, I need a, a something or other to throw my feet on? Go to Amazon. I need a mattress? Go to Amazon. I mean, it's just easy.
2: I agree. I, I don't even know. I mean, we've got Amazon packages. It feels like coming to the house every day, with the three boys and Laura and the cats and everything. I don't know what most stuff's coming in and out of our house, but I will, the only place that my wife's ever like, hey, I'm going to go to Costco is the only place you could go shopping where I'd be like, I'll get. Let me get my stuff. Let me get in the car. Like, let's go. Only place. So right, I don't so know. I'm feel like we're do, in the. But,
3: I feel like we're in the trust tree right now. Okay?
2: Yeah. I feel like we're in the
3: trust tree. It's just you, me, and a few million of our closest friends. I've been to Costco once in my life, and I was 13 years old. So, what I'm realizing now,
2: I don't. My think wife that, to goes. Be, to Carrie be fair goes every to week. You, is there a Costco in New York City? Like, can you go to Costco um, easily? Is there one in Manhattan? Like would no, you have to live? Not in
1: Manhattan
3: because it's way too big and the rent would be too high. I think out in the outer burbs there's probably one. I'd have to check. Like I think maybe in Brooklyn or Queens there's one. Um maybe you have to go out to Long Island or New Jersey for it. So no, it's not Manhattan that, people. That, are I would not, not
2: I would not make the effort if I lived in Manhattan to get to Costco, I don't think. I Bucky's and Costco are the two places, by the way, that I would put Every dollar that I have it, but I've Buc- already told Carrie, public, I'm going to go to stock. next
3: time. We're driving through Daytona beach area. Cause that's where it, one of the two Buckies in the state of Florida are. I'm going to go, but I have, I haven't been to. So Carrie goes basically every weekend. I mean, like Sunday yeah. is Costco or Saturday is Costco day. Um, I'm going to have to go with her one time just so I can – like, because she, she loves it and is so happy. And I just get all this great stuff. It's like Christmas every day when she comes back from Costco.
2: Well, that one of the st- stupid things they did with COVID, among a billion others, was they stopped giving out samples in Costco. That is also awesome because you'll go in not intending to buy anything. Next thing you know, you're going to be buying 20 pounds had, of your like, favorite crap. But just so people
3: thing. understand how it goes in New York, have you ever found a, a major piece of furniture on the street – and made
2: it a piece of furniture in your home because i have that's no that's pretty crazy <laughs> but to be it's fair in
3: new york man when you're living alone you're in a little studio walk up oh yeah i had bookshelves ali yeah. says
2: she's done that to be fair i don't remember the last time i purchased a, an object of furniture like i don't have anything to do with any of that laura has basic i mean when i lived solo i did Uh, buy, like, I still have the leather couch that I'm sitting in, the chair that I'm sitting in now. I've had these for 20-some-odd years, but I don't remember the last time I would have bought, like, a piece of furniture.
3: Well, I I mean, anyway, I I think that this might start a trend of Costco birthdays, and I'm going to have to go check out Costco with Carrie this weekend or next weekend or sometime soon. I
2: take the boys, Buck. Every time we go, the Costco pizza is tough to beat. It costs almost nothing, and we're ecstatic to sit there, get a soda cheap, get your pizza.
1: who get it done.
4: Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: You shared this out. I just thought this one was kind of funny because I've thought about this before. Um there's a new poll out that shows the percentages of men versus women yes. who believe that if they had to, with guidance from the control tower, that's important. They could land a plane. Let's say if the pilot, you know, passed out, had a had a some kind of an event or whatever. Um, I mean, I would just say my confidence level is like very high. <laughs> like I, I'm, I'm very confident that if somebody was talking me through it, I could land a plane.
2: I think for, by the way, 46 percent of men think that they could land a plane. 20 percent of women think they could. I'm actually curious, but Buck, I've been up in some small planes.
3: I, I mean, you've seen men and women parallel park. I'm just saying there are some differences here. There are some differences in spatial awareness.
2: I, I have been in a bunch of these little, um, these little planes. Allie, if you want to jump on the mic and talk about how small the plane that I had producer Allie with me in, in Milwaukee. Um, I think that she was basically going to have to pass out in this plane. But the planes actually have parachutes. And when I have been one and one with the pilot, the pilot has said to me as we get ready to take off, hey, if I pass out or if I have a heart attack or something happens to me, here's what you need to do to help make sure that we get the plane landed. Um, And like they walk through a little bit of uh, a little bit of a tutorial with me. Like these little Cirrus planes. Yeah. Hold on a second.
3: I'm in, if I'm in a propeller helicopter, we're going down, it's a fireball. Like helicopter, way yeah. rotary aircraft, way more difficult, yeah. I think. That one, that one I'd be worried if I if I had to if I had to take the like the 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 stick of a helicopter because the pilot passed out. Um it's interesting because I, I think it would be far more intimidating to take the controls of like a jumbo jetliner, even though if you had someone talking you through it with autopilot things and everything else. Yeah. You probably would be, but I mean, you gotta assume if you have like two hundred people on the plane, that's you're adding a whole lot of stress to the situation. I'm talking about a plane where it's just, you know, it's basically me and the pilot and it's do or die. But in that situation, I think the the propeller aircraft, I don't I wouldn't pull the chute on that thing and let us glide down. I think I could land that. I'd find
2: some farmer's field, I'd scatter the sheep, I'd be fine. Well, Allie, is Allie there? Allie, how nervous were you to be in the plane that I had us in?
0: I was terrified. That was my worst nightmare.
2: (laughs) So we got it. Did you get that? We tell you this story, Buck. We got out because we were trying to get to New York City after the the Republican debate. And uh, the, the only way to get there, it was, you know, we did the book event and then we were trying to get to New York City. And the only way to get there in time and everything else, we were working on it. And it was like 180 degrees that day in Milwaukee. I mean, it's like the hottest day Milwaukee's had in 75 years or something. Everything is melting in the city, including evidently this airplane, and we get out on the runway, and I'm not kidding. I mean, it looked like we were in the middle of the Sahara Desert, how hot it was out on this runway, and the pilot's like, yeah, you know, like the, the it was, his radio and stuff wasn't working, right, Ali? So yeah, they just had of sitting to out there it. for a while. He yeah, wanted, he wanted to, to reboot it
0: like an iPhone.
2: Yeah, he turned it off and turned it back on, and Ali was like, I, I don't know that I, <laughs> like, you turned the airplane off and turn it back on? And eventually he was like, yeah, we're not going to be able to do this. We left, got back on to a commercial airline flight. But you were, I could tell. Clay, Allie, do you remember you what like, I
0: said to you as he taxied back when we decided we weren't going to take off? I just said, it's not our time, Clay. It's not our time.
2: <laughs> you thought we were going to die if we I took did. off in that way. Yeah. yeah. Uh,
3: my first helicopter ride ever, ever was in Iraq in a Blackhawk and the gunners opened up during oh, wow. the flight That's that was my that was a <laughs> that was a wake up call i was like yeah. uh oh you so, know my yeah. uncle
2: did helicopter repairs in vietnam he was in vietnam and you know how they made sure that they did good work on the helicopters first flight up was all the techs that fixed the helicopters so I always thought that was like, you know, they had to get up and test, you know, so if you wanted to know how well did they fix the, those helicopters, you had to be the first group to take I, them up.
3: My, my rule for combat aircraft is I never want to be in one where they have to worry about armoring it up. I want to be really high in the sky so like yeah. they can't shoot me from the ground. No kidding. Down in Texas, the governor, Republican Governor Greg Abbott, um, he has approved... New powers letting Texas state police and law enforcement resources arrest the illegals who come into the U.S. over the U.S.-Mexico border into Texas. And this is likely to create quite a stir and go all the way up to the Supreme Court. You will no doubt, I am sure, recall what happened back in 2010, that Arizona law. Under the, uh, under the Biden administration. And that was also when the border was seeming to be increasingly wide open. Um, and what happened there? The Supreme Court effectively struck down the efforts by the state of Arizona to help enforce federal law. And it was the position of the Obama administration if you were to go back and look at what happened there, the position of the Obama administration was, we don't want you helping us with the lawlessness and the violation of federal laws at our border. You stay out of this and let it continue to be anarchy down there. That was the Obama administration's de facto position on it. Don't get involved. It's, it's up to us, meaning the federal government, the feds, to fail intentionally Yes, to fail miserably, but to fail intentionally on securing the southern border. That's the whole point. It's nullification of immigration laws. Because they want this to transform the country in an electoral sense in their favor. And I'm already telling you. We're going to go back and play these clips in a little over a, well, hopefully we won't have a Democrat administration, but if we have a Democrat administration in a little over a year, I'll be saying, guys, remember when I was telling you? They're going to have this whole pivot to amnesty. The pivot to amnesty is coming. It's going to happen if there's a Democrat term two here, whether it's Biden or Kamala or whatever. Um, but this really shows you as well, or this will show you, I think, what they're doing in Texas. That the federal government, and, and this is important, the Biden executive branch and Mayorkas, head of DHS and, and all the rest, they are lying to you. They are lying to your faces every time they say we are going to deal with the border. We want to secure a border. We want rule of law at the border. They're lying because Texas is saying, hey, okay. We're, gonna, we're we're sending the reinforcements. You know the, the the cavalry's coming over the hill so to speak. We're we're coming and we're going to we're going to help you out. We're going to make sure that the cartels don't have free reign. We're going to we're going to deport people who are just trying to scam our system and come into the country by lying about credible fear and all the rest of it. And you know what the Biden administration is going to do here. Simultaneously, they will have Democrats in the Senate who are negotiating over a change to border and and parole policies for illegals coming into the country they're trying so hard to change the language i might add and some of you have been pointing this out i know they want us to say migrant or undocumented used to be illegal alien you rarely hear illegal alien anymore they say people can't be illegal i'm like "Eh, i think so i think i think i think people's presence can be illegal if someone breaks into my house in the middle of the night they're an illegal visitor They're not an undocumented visitor. They're illegal. And my house is not a good house to break into these days, I might add. Just saying. Um, But here we are. Faced with the reality of what the executive branch with a Democrat or really a cabal of Democrats running it in the name of Joe Biden, what they will do versus what Democrats in the Congress in order to try to keep their seats, in order to try to keep their Senate position will say. Because the Obama administration will immediately, immediately, I mean, have they already done it? Actually, I'm checking right now to make sure. Um, I mean, this is just happening. This is a Senate bill. I mean, sorry, this is Texas Bill SB4. The um, Obama i am sorry, uh, Biden administration—is going to say that this is a a unconstitutional interference with the federal government's prerogative of border enforcement. So what they're going to say is, sorry, Texas, we want you to stop helping us. You know, imagine that for a second, right? This is the Democrats. It's like we're all standing in front of a house that's on fire. And the federal government is the fire department. And the federal government is just watching as this thing burns down. I mean, barely doing anything. They got like one guy throwing a little pail of water. He's like, I don't know if this is going to do it, guys. And everyone else is like, oh, I guess it's going to burn to the ground. And Texas comes along, you know, so just think about it, like a whole bunch of volunteers, a whole bunch of guys in Stetsons and cowboy boots. You know, we're trying to make this a fun, a fun analogy. And they've got, they've got hoses. They're ready to go. They're ready to help. And, and the fire department in this case is saying, no, 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 excuse me. Excuse me. We want this fire to stop, but we don't want your help. We're just going to watch it burn. That is what the Biden White House is about to do if they haven't already. And it shows you they are liars. They are liars. Going into an election year, they're going to present themselves as wanting a secure border. They're going to present themselves as people who care about the lawlessness, the anarchy, the tyranny. Doesn't matter. And what we will find is that is all false. Well, we already know that, but they will show us that that is all false. Entirely false. They don't want help. They want it the way it is. They just want to lie to you about that so that they can fool enough people who are swing voters or independent voters or whatever into saying, oh gosh, you know, I guess the Democrats want a secure border too. They do not. And what does a secure border even mean? I'll, I'll tell you, we can break down all of these terms. What is a secure border? Is a border secure? If the Democrats are enforcing policies and laws that allow anyone to come into the country with even the most minor cursory background check and they are f- effectively just... You ever been at like a nightclub where they're counting people off? You know, they have like a little clicker. They count people. Or they do this at some parties and stuff too. Um, if, if that's effectively what Border Patrol becomes, is that a secure border? No, what I want is people that do not have the immigration the legal immigration pathway into the country that they are using and have gone through the necessary steps and checks in that are not allowed in america and if they get into america by some illegal means they are kicked out of america remember we're, we're not throw, we're not saying throw them in prison for 20 years we're not saying you know ruin them or their families or anything else it's just you know if you arrive here from Uh, I, I don't know Thailand if you arrive here from Ghana if you arrive here from Bolivia or wherever China and you're not supposed to be here we send you back to the country you came from and then you are free to try to apply or get into the United States legally that's what we're talking about so when you're when you're seeing a state like Texas try to take this this action. If nothing else, it proves that the Democrats are lying on this. Um, here is this is interesting to me, too. Another component of this whole thing is that somehow illegals. If you listen to the Democrat, the overall Democrat propaganda, they make us uh, wealthier. They do the jobs Americans won't do. They're more law abiding illegals, not just not immigrants. Illegal immigrants are better than Americans are better than all Americans. This is what Democrats say. This is the, you know, they're all about to start Google, whatever. Um, yet when you send enough illegals to any of these cities, there are problems. Mayor Eric Adams has said this is a disaster for the city of New York, for example, in one of his more uh, intelligent public statements. Um, Mayor Brandon Johnson of Chicago had a little bit of a meltdown over Texas sending illegals to his city. This is cut five, play it.
1: The issue is not just how we respond in the city of Chicago, it's the fact that we have a governor, a governor, an elected official in the state of Texas that is placing families on buses without shoes, cold, wet, tired, hungry, afraid, traumatized. And then they come to the city of Chicago where we have homelessness, we have mental health clinics that have been shut down and closed. You have people who are seeking employment. The governor of Texas needs to take a look in the mirror of the chaos that he is causing for this country. This is not just a Chicago dynamic. He is attacking our country. Wait a second. What do you mean, Mayor
3: Brandon Johnson of Chicago? Uh, Where are they supposed to go? Notice he goes, you know, Chicago has problems. We have homeless shelters that are overrun. We have, you know, violent crime. We have people looking for jobs where isn't that the case find me the part of america that has endless funds nothing but free health care resources to give away no crime on the streets no housing crunch no problems no drug addiction oh you mean that the illegals are certainly in the initial phase in the initial years going to be a massive burden on whatever community they end up in this is the classic democrat well you know as long as it's not in my backyard as long as it's not my problem In fact, the favorite thing for a Democrat is to have something be another person's problem, but you get to take the credit for having the right position on it. More illegals is better. I want as many illegals as possible. Get off my block, illegals. That's what they do. They're doing it in New York. They're doing it in Chicago. They're doing it in L.A. They're doing it all over the country. What, Texas is supposed to be? I mean, I've been down to McAllen. You know, I've been down to some of these border towns. And they don't, you know, they're not just like walking around throwing gold bars and cash at people saying, hey, you know, lots of resources here to deal with. It's crazy. But those communities are supposed to be the ones that, that take in the uh, initial financial hit. Why? It's the Democrat sanctuary city communities that want this. They should get it. They should get as many illegals as possible. And they should be thanking Governor Abbott. They should be thanking governor DeSantis, they should be saying this is great the blessings upon us of countless illegals who have no legal right to be in the country who are unlikely to be able to speak english or read or write perhaps in any language or contribute to an information-based economy that is a blessing that this city needs more and more of you can never get enough that should be their position and yet it isn't they talk about disaster, financial strain, crowded emergency rooms, English as a second language instruction, crowding out math and basic reading in schools because of all the illegals who have showed up. But you're supposed to shut up and say this is great if it's in your community. And the Democrats are allowed to say they want more of this for everybody else, but they don't want to deal with it themselves. Find some other place to send these amazing illegals that everyone wants, except for the people that are getting them these days. Isn't that an interesting dichotomy? Isn't there something going on there? Something a bit a bit strange in the mind of all of these individuals who proclaim they want this, and yet when they get it, they scream and they say, stop. Yeah, we're seeing exactly who the Democrat Party is on this. And um, I think it's good for the American people to know, at least we can cast judgment on it but just remember look for the head fakes look for the false promises look for the democrats changing all of a sudden what they've been doing for you. they're going to start tacking to the center it's a fraud it's a mirage they wanted the 7 million illegals in this country that have come in under biden They won't do anything as that number goes above 8 million. They will quietly celebrate it and they will try to fool low information voters in swing states into saying, well, Democrats care about the border, too. They do
0: not.
2: Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport, and me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. You know, we
3: had a little bit of a throwdown yesterday, and it's all right. You know, you're going to win some, you're going to lose some, and I think was it fifty-seven forty-three, queso or queso, as we have been told, defeated, defeated, definitively salsa in the which one is the better dip. Four chips our friend jesse kelly got word of this debate and insisted on sending us he actually sent us his take on this one he, he he left a voicemail for the show and here is jesse kelly of the jesse kelly show weighing in i'm just clay he's just calling it like he sees it go for it what's up fellas it's jesse kelly uh buck sexton reached out to me yesterday and i, I, I i'm only here to voice my deep concerns about Clay. I've sensed for a while that he wasn't doing well. I don't mean just physically. Obviously, everyone can see that, but mentally, now I find out from Buck that Clay is actually pitching for salsa over queso on the great Clay and Buck show. So, look, I I don't know if we need to have an intervention of some kind, if there are rehab groups out there, but just know, Clay, brother, I'm not judging you. I love you, and I'm here for you. You got my number. Text me if you need anything.
2: That's what he's got for you, man. Very it, it was very heavy. As, as brutal as that analysis was, and you're right, 30,000 of you voted in the Queso versus Salsa debate, and I was defeated 57 to 43, fairly decisively. And... Again, I came downstairs and saw my own 13-year-old refusing to eat any of the salsa at all and devouring all the queso for his lunch when he was home from... They're taking exams right now. And then, Buck, as, as if I couldn't take any more defeats, you know what I had to do last night? I had to step in and play as one of the players on the 13-year-old basketball practice. And I was awful. They didn't have it. One of the kids was not there. It's you know starting to be holiday season, whatever. Everybody's getting a little bit sick, travel, everything else. They had only nine players at basketball practice. And so one dad did the first half of their scrimmage. I did the second half. And let me tell you something. I, when I got out onto the court, I was dribbling, and I was fine moving. But when I tried to stop, my body just wouldn't stop. I was running, dribbling, and I was like, okay, now I'm going to stop. And I just didn't. And I just kept going. And I think I set a record for dad turnovers in a half of basketball with the 13-year-olds. I'm still bigger and stronger than the 13-year-olds. It's it's a I'm. I am rapidly being replaced here. Because I think, I mean, if you were looking at, like, the uh, trajectories, I'm on a fast downward slope. And I was actually worried after my WNBA million-dollar bet. I was thinking to myself, I, d- I don't want to tear an Achilles tendon or, you know, somehow injure myself right before the holidays. So I convinced myself that I'd only go, like, 70%. But... 70% I was I was I was re- I, if there were video of this performance it would be hard for me to explain away I, I was wrecked by the 13 year olds I mean if we could get video of you dunking I think it would go viral
3: so next time you're at this practice clay I think you've got to just just go for it you know just unless it's an eight start. foot
2: rim or unless I get a bouncing off of a uh, a trampoline that's put in front um, I do well, not think that
3: does not age well his ability to to like jump and jump repeatedly
2: jumping is very very hard on the knees on the lower back you know so it's changing directions you know like going you watch people run the old people get out and jog like through my neighborhood and everything else they don't suddenly go lateral right like once you're going it's okay but the stop and the start mechanisms i'm recognizing are one of the first things to go because i wish you could have seen my face when I just tried to stop uh, when I was yeah. dribbling a basketball and it just didn't happen. I just kept well, going.
3: The, the tension and the durability of soft tissue ligaments and tendons starts to go as you get on. There's nothing you can do for that. It's not like muscles where you can try to work on them a little bit or even, you know, you, you don't have the same, uh, you know, the, the same ability to do the change of direction. I've played tennis with uh, ankle braces on.
2: <laughs> it's funny you mentioned that. My my thirteen year old sprained his ankle recently, and and he I you know he's sitting out of practice for a few days, and I said, hey, I'm gonna go get you my ankle brace, and, and I'm not kidding about this. I brought it out for him because I I've sprained my ankle pretty awful t- a couple of times playing basketball, uh, once with my sister when I was like fourteen or fifteen. I oh, came do you, down. Did do you side rupture of her some? T- I've ruptured oh. tendons playing tennis. Have you have you broken? them? Oh, like, I, mean, I, it I know, is. I'm supposed to have surgery. It is brutal, and um. And so I got an ankle brace, and I wear it, you know, in in school, you know, playing games or whatever. And so I my my thirteen year old, he's on the seventh grade basketball team, and I brought out my my ankle brace. <laughs> and I swear, his first thing was like, he's like, "Did George Washington wear this thing, Dad?" I mean, it is an olderly, lo- <laughs> it is an older looking ankle brace, <laughs> but I swear to God, his first response was, "Dad, did George Washington used to play in this?" Uh, and so. Uh, it was my ankle brace suggestion to him of how to recover from his ankle sprain and play basketball was not you, well received. You got to
3: find like a charity basketball tournament that we can play in so we can get some footage of old man Clay and old man Buck getting out there. Dude, I, I box out with the best of them. I'm telling
2: I, you. I pulled up uh, twice from three. Wide open, kids are like, pull it, pull it. Nothing <laughs> but air? <laughs> double air balls? Double air oh, balls. Yeah. I, and I would if I had pulled up a third time... I was just going to just, I don't even care whether it was close to the rim. I was just going to throw it off the backboard as hard as I could just to make sure that it wasn't short the next time. But both times I let it go. I posed, you know, with like the, 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 yeah. the, the, the wrist to the like uh, perfect form. And it was like three feet short both if times. If the 13
3: year olds start chanting air ball, by the way, you know, we've all been there.
2: Oh, man, what a debacle. For the
1: ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile